All right, thank you so much for being here. And again, it's a privilege to have the Dinsmores here. And uh, we're just so grateful to be able to have missions in our church. Some of you, um, maybe you've been coming for a long time, maybe you're new. Um, but this is an incredible part of our church, and we're focusing on this missions, and you may not know all that missions entails. And so today I want to spend a little bit of time talking about missions and what missions means to us here at Bible Baptist. This is going to be an incredible part of who we are, and what missions truly means, I'm just going to move this real fast, what missions means is going into the, all the world to preach the gospel. That's what missions is. Okay, so that's you and that's me, and that's the Dinsmores, and that's going to be all kinds of different people that we bring in to Bible Baptist Church, because that is the goal of Bible Baptist Church, to seek Christ and to share hope. We want to share the hope of Jesus Christ with the entire world. So you who sit here today, guess what you are? You're a missionary. You're someone who is on mission all the time. You say, well, I'm not going to a foreign land. Well, that's okay. That's called foreign mission. Okay, you are local missionaries where you live, your area, your workplace, your neighbors, your friends, your family. All of us ought to be on mission. Missions is an important part of Bible Baptist, and it really truly is our heartbeat. We talk about it every Sunday afternoon. We're talking about missions, we're talking about all kinds of things, um, and we really want to focus on this today. So I want you to tur turn and take your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. The Dinsmores are here today because they, again, intend to go back to the country of Belize. And I'm, I'm excited about that. They're going to Belize for what purpose? He said it in his video. Not to put bouncy houses up and to put tents up and to play soccer, right? He's not there to do that. He's there to tell people about Jesus Christ. Everything they do will, will be centered around the person of Jesus Christ. They're going to do that in all kinds of different ways, just like we would do that in all kinds of different ways. Um, if, if, if you uh, go to Belize, you're going to do things just a little bit differently than we would do here in St. Thomas, Ontario. Just a little bit. But again, the whole purpose is to tell, you about, tell them about Jesus Christ. Let me be very blunt with you this morning. The Dinsmores being missionaries is a great thing. It's a wonderful thing, and quite frankly, we need more of them. We need more of them. We need more people who are passionate. We need more people who are real about doing the work of God. But I want you to be, be very clear. It takes a great deal of support for someone to leave their home in Barrie, Ontario and move to a foreign country. Okay? I want to make this very clear this morning. It takes a great deal of support to do that. And here at Bible Baptist Church, we want to invest in missionaries. We want to invest in missionaries. We also think about Pastor Levi and Aloma. Listen, we want to invest in them. They're leaving this place and going to another. The Dinsmores are leaving their place and going to another. We want to pray for them. One of the greatest things we as a church can do is pray for the Dinsmores. Pray for Pastor Levi and Aloma. That's one of the greatest things we can do. The other things that we can do are encourage them. We can encourage them. And, this is one other thing, we want to financially support them. Fa financially. So today, we're going to talk about something at Bible Baptist that we don't always talk about. Money. Everybody excited? Right? And everybody got real quiet, everybody's heads went down like, oh no, here we go. 
And again, I want to make this very clear. We're going to talk about money today, but it's going to be a biblical perspective. Okay, I want you to see this from the Bible. The reason we're here today is for us as a church to get to know the Dinsmores. The reason that they are here today is for us as a church to begin praying for them. They are here for us as a church, for, for all of us to start encouraging them. And you can do that today. You can encourage them. However, they are also here today to receive some financial support. And that's not necessarily from individuals. However, they are here for us to help support them. And so part of who we are at Bible Baptist Church includes supporting and aiding missionaries like the Dinsmores. So this begs the question then, why would we do this? Why would we do this? Well, hopefully you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 by now. Let's look at verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1, the Bible says this, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit, which means basically we want you to understand we want you to make sure you know of the grace of God bestowed on the churches, notice this, of Macedonia. Okay, I want you to notice this already. On the churches of Macedonia, there's been a grace given to the churches of Macedonia. That's going to be key in just a second. How that, notice, in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their what? Their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. Whoa, that's kind of confusing, isn't it? So they're super poor, they're, they have great poverty, yet they have great joy, and then that abounded to the riches of their liberality. Interesting. Look at verse 3. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying with us, with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but notice, first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus, that, he, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Let's just stop there. Abound in this grace also. What Paul is trying to get across here is he's saying, listen, this group of people, these churches of Macedonia, they gave financially of their resources at their power and beyond their power. They gave what they had, and really, they gave, gave beyond what they thought they could give. They sacrificially gave to help Paul the Apostle. The context of this passage actually starts in Acts chapter 16. And we don't necessarily have to turn there, but in Acts 16 and verse 9, the Bible says this, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Okay, so Paul's on a journey. He's traveling. He himself is a missionary trying to tell other people about Jesus. And he's going to different cities around Rome. He's going to different cities in Crete. He's going to different cities. Now, he says, he receives a vision of a man in Macedonia. Hey, come help us. We need you to come. We need you to leave what you're doing and come. And we find in a the next verse, that from that moment on, Paul and his team endeavored to go to Macedonia. So I want you to think about the Dinsmores today when we fill in this. I'm not sure that they had a vision, so to speak, but what I want you to see is that they are endeavoring to go 
to Belize. There are people there that need their help and they are endeavoring to go. And so Paul and his team are endeavoring to go to Macedonia. There are a couple of cities in Macedonia that you may be familiar with. One of them was Philippi. Philippi. Another one was Thessalonica. Okay, so we have the book of Philippians and we have the book of Thessalonians, two of them actually. And so these books were written to these churches in Macedonia. So Paul was going to be a missionary to a different place. He was going to spread the gospel to the people of Macedonia. While he was there, however, guess what the churches of Macedonia did? The churches of Macedonia began to see the needs that Paul had. So he's there, he's teaching, he's preaching, and they begin to see the needs that Paul has, and guess what they do? They start to give in order to meet the needs that Paul and his team have. So the book of Philippians, Philippi is one of these churches. Look at verse chapter 4 and verse 15. You see it on the screen, Philippians 4, 15 and 16. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, watch this, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Look at verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Okay, so Paul goes to the church at Philippi in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 17, he moves to the church at Thessalonica, Thessalonian church. And so now he has needs, and this church at Philippi, what do they do? They begin sending to Paul in Thessalonica the things that he had need of. Are you following? Everybody with me this morning, because again, talking about a sensitive subject that nobody likes to talk about. So stay with me here. Okay, so they are seeing the need that Paul has, and they continue to send to his necessity. They continue to help him out. We find out in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2, that these churches of Macedonia did this out of their deep poverty. Their deep poverty. Poverty. Let me give it to you this way. They simply took what they had and gave it. They simply took what they had and they gave it. They gave sacrificially. Now notice this. The churches of Macedonia got together and helped support a team who were missionaries. The churches of Macedonia got together and helped support a team that were missionaries. Now Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And he is saying, we want you to abound, which means be, be extravagant in, be generous in. We want you to abound in this what? Exact same grace. We want you to abound in this same grace. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Notice with me in verse 7 at the end, that you abound in this grace also. We want you to have this same grace. We want you to do these same things. The same grace that the churches of Macedonia have, I want you to have. I want you to give sacrificially so that you can experience the grace of God. Well, hold on, Pastor Yeomans, hold on. So you're trying to tell us that we as a church should be giving to missionaries. We should be giving money. We should give, be giving resources. We should be giving time to help them. Yeah, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. It's okay, lighten up, everybody. It's okay. It's okay. 
This is exactly what we're trying to say. As a missionary comes in, we need to be giving to their needs. Why? Give me one good reason. Tell me why I should do this. Well, let's continue through the passage. Verse 8. I speak not by commandment, but by the occasion of the forwardness of others. Watch this. And to prove the sincerity of your love. Paul's saying, I'm giving, I'm talking about this because I want to prove the sincerity of your love. And then he qualifies it with this. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes, what did he do? He became poor. That ye, through his poverty, might be rich. Is that incredible or not? So we got to remember this is the whole purpose. This is the reason why we do anything. We do anything because of Jesus Christ. To prove the sincerity of our love to God and others. Paul doesn't pull any punches here. He doesn't beat around the bush with them. He doesn't sing the song around the mulberry bush for very long. He says, listen, I want you to know that the whole reason I want you to do this is to prove the sincerity of your love. And remember, Jesus Christ did this for you. Jesus Christ, rich, he was God. He had all things. What did he do? He humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He became poor for what purpose? So that we, through his poverty, might be rich. If you sit here today and you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have a home in heaven and you can experience Jesus Christ in such a fresh and new way. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, you who were dead in your trespasses and sins have been made alive in Christ. This is what Jesus Christ has done for us. This is who he is. This is what he made for us. He, God in heaven, became a man. In fact, he says something similar to this in Philippians. Remember the church, one of the churches in Macedonia. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, he says this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He's saying to the church at Philippi, let that mind, the mind of Jesus Christ, the same mind who had all riches and became poor so that we, through his poverty, might become rich. Same idea. You see, we like it, don't we, when we think about salvation. We like it when somebody else who is rich becomes poor so that we can be rich. We like that, don't we? In fact, we love that. He says, let this mind be in you. You see, everything we do should be because of Jesus Christ. Our theme this year is purpose. You might ask yourself, what is my purpose? Whatever your purpose is, it's because of Jesus Christ. Why should I care about my neighbor? Because of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ died for them just as much as he died for you. Why should I care about my coworker? Because of Jesus. Why should I work hard at my job? Because of Jesus Christ. Why should I, why should I, why should I? Always because of Jesus Christ. Why should we give sacrificially to help missionaries? Because of Jesus Christ. 
Because Jesus, who was God in the flesh, was made in the likeness of man and took upon him the form of a servant and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. See, Jesus did this for this purpose. And the Bible says this, so that we would be joint heirs with Jesus. God, the Son of God, now we become joint heirs with him. We become at the same status. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that we become the sons of God. You see, he became poor so that we, through his poverty, might be rich. He made us like him. He did this so that we could be the sons of God. He became poor that we might become rich. Our motives, our reasons, who we are. You think about, why would I do this? Well, truthfully, it's not about motive. It's not even about reasons. It's just who we are. It's because of who we are and because of who he is. It's not just some little idea we picked up somewhere, let's help other people. This is an eternal thing. This is bigger than today. This is bigger than tomorrow. This is bigger than your, uh, your retirement plan. This is far bigger than that. We're talking about eternity is at stake. If you're in the habit of writing things down, I'm going to challenge you to write this down. Supporting missionaries to go to another place is about where people will spend eternity. Supporting a missionary to go to another place is about where people will spend eternity. There are people in Belize that you and I will never meet. Ever. Like, not even close. And we have somebody here today that's willing to go to them and share the gospel with them. And listen, they need some support. They need prayer support. But specifically here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and into 9, we're talking specifically about money. Specifically about resources. About giving them what they need. This is the whole reason Jesus came, you know that? He went to another place so that people will be able to spend eternity in heaven. Do you get that? Jesus himself was the first missionary. He left his home in heaven and came to this earth so that you and I could have an eternal home in heaven. Some of us would say, well, I don't have much. And that may or may not be true. We live in St. Thomas, Ontario, after all. It's not like we live in Toronto. We certainly don't live in Dubai, so obviously we don't have much. We have enough to just get by. Just live every day. We have enough just to get by. And then you're asking us on top of that to sacrifice and give to missionaries. What? So that they can get rich? Common question, actually. So I'm supposed to give to them out of my deep poverty so that they can get rich, so that they can go about doing what they need to do? An interesting question, because Paul actually deals with that. Go to verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. Watch this. 
He says, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Stop right there. If there be first a willing mind. Most of you had already turned me off as soon as I said the word money. If there be first a willing mind. Notice a little earlier he says that they gave themselves first to the Lord. Remember, this is not about us. This is not about the Dinsmores necessarily. This is all about Jesus Christ. And so if there's a, now a willing mind, I want the whole world to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm willing. So what is the Bible saying? It's according to what a man hath, not what he hath not. Look at verse 14. Excuse me, 13. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye be burdened. I'm supposed to give sacrificially so that they can live a life of luxury. No. But by inequality, by inequality that now at this time, your abundance may be a supply for their want. That their abundance may also, also may be a supply for your want. That there may be what? Equality. As it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. When somebody starts talking about equality, what do you think of? When somebody starts speaking of equality, and by the way, it's funny that Paul uses the term equality, and here we are in 2023 in a world that's talking about equality. Truth always transcends time, doesn't it? Some of us will get really excited about equality. Others of us, get extremely uncomfortable. Well, here's the deal. You know why we get extremely excited and extremely uncomfortable? It's because all of us are selfish. Every single one of us is selfish. So, like when equality comes up, we get either excited or uncomfortable. We like equality when it takes us up a notch, don't we? Okay, so in the form of Jesus Christ, man, Jesus Christ, who was rich, he came down so that he could bring us up. We like that. But we get very uncomfortable when equality means we have to step down a little bit, doesn't it? When we're looking at a person who just bought a new car. Oh, wow. Nice car. And what do we think? My 2012 Ford Fusion it's just not what I want it to be and that 2023 you fill in your own blank of whatever you want that car to be ah it's just I mean it's way better than my Ford Fusion oh let's talk about equality now shall we that Cadillac or that Lamborghini whatever right let's talk about equality now I want to move up in the world we love equality then but when we, in like fashion, see somebody that has to walk everywhere, they can't afford a vehicle. They have to walk everywhere they go. Our 2012 Ford Fusion's looking pretty sweet now, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a little bit of rust here and there. When I shut it off, it chugs a little bit, you know? 
but I can still get across town in 10 minutes or less. See, you see, when, when we talk about equality, when we're moving up, we like that. But equality, when we're moving down, we don't like that. So put, to put it plainly, we're all selfish. And that's normal. That's, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up too bad. When it benefits us, we are in favor of equality. When it hurts us, we are not in favor of equality. But I want you to focus on verse 11 and 12. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, not according to that he hath not. Let me put it to you this way. Give what you have. Give what you have. Give what you have. Most of us think, if I had more, I would give. So you know what we do? We give, in our minds, what we don't have. We give what we don't have. If I had more resources, I would give it. If I had more time, I would give it. If I had more money, I would give it. So we're giving what we don't have, but the Bible clearly says, not according to, excuse me, according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So I will look at some of you sitting in this place, and I think, if I had their money, I would give. I could give so much. Oh, if I just won the lottery, then I could give. Some of you are probably looking at me saying, if I had what he has. I could give. You see, it's all perspective, isn't it? It doesn't matter. The Bible says don't give what you don't have. Give what you do have. Some of you are thinking, again, we live in St. Thomas. We don't have a lot. This is where faith comes in. Faith comes in. Give what you have. Give what you already have. Some of you have an extra five bucks. Give it. Some of you have an extra 50 bucks. Give it. Some of you have an extra $500. Give it. And there may be one person who has an extra $5,000. Give it. It doesn't matter if you're the $5 person or the $5,000 person. does not matter. Just give what you have. Find out what the needs of the missionary are. That's the point of them being here today. Spending time with them, understanding what their needs are, where they're going, what's going to happen. All of those things. Find out what they are and give. Find out what they are and give. Think about this. When a church rallies together and the $5 people get together with the $50 people. And there's a couple of $500 people and they get together with that one $5,000 person. And there are a couple people who have some extra time, and we have a couple people with some extra resources. Guess what we get to see? We get to see missionary after missionary after missionary after missionary being helped to get to the field that God has called them to go to, and we can see their needs met. It's beautiful. It's called equality. You, get, you say again, why in the world would I give up something that I have in order for something to give them something that they don't have because of Jesus Christ. You see, when we think about, oh, I have to give up my boat 
so that a missionary can have a boat. Doesn't make sense, does it? Until you start thinking like this. You know what, that missionary might need that boat to get to the next village because there's no roads. It's not a joy ride. He needs to win people to Jesus Christ. Do you see the difference? Of course, you can use your boat here in St. Thomas, Ontario, go out on Lake Erie and tell people about Jesus Christ. You can. But do you see what I'm saying? It's perspective. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about me and what I want. It's about him and what he wants. And he wants the gospel to go to Belize, and he wants the gospel to go to Vancouver, and he wants the gospel to go to London, Ontario, and Elmer, and our surrounding areas. Listen, he wants the gospel to be spread throughout all the world. When a church rallies together, when we give what we have, sacrificially give what we have, guess what? We see the gospel going forth. We see the gospel being changing people's lives within the context of money and giving. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look with me in verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. The Bible says this. But this I say. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Watch this. Every man. Every man. According as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly. Or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Watch this. Being enriched in everything, watch this, to all bountifulness which causeth us through us thanksgiving to God to put it plainly what you sow you will reap so again by the way let me, let me stop here this takes faith number one number two it's not about the dollar amount Some of us will think, what's five bucks? I want, I want you to think about, this is about the sacrifice amount. What you sow sacrificially is what you will reap sacrificially. Okay, so five dollars is an extreme sacrifice for me. Guess what? You're going to reap bountifully. But if five thousand dollars is no big deal... You're probably not going to reap the same benefit as the $5 person. Are you following? It's about sacrificially. You reap what you sow and you always reap more than you sow. So again, I can't say that if you give $5, you're going to get $10. I can't say that. Maybe you get $10 off of your groceries. I don't know. 
The Lord has a way of working things out, but it's not up to me to figure it out. It's up to God to make the change. It's up to God to do his work because he says, being enriched in every good thing to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. God will make you bountiful. But here's the deal. This is what we do. We like control. And so we hold on. And we've heard the illustration before, but when we hold on to a resource that God has given us to be dispersed, it's like sand. Take a fistful of sand. How much of it do you get to keep? Very little, and all of it just falls through the cracks. I want you to think about it this way. When you give, God keeps giving. And you keep giving, and you're just a channel. And guess what? You will be bountiful. You will never lack because you just keep giving. When you keep giving, God keeps giving. You will try to hold on to it. First of all, he's not giving. And it's fallen through, your, through the cracks of your fingers. It takes faith. Because the first step is you giving. Also note, Paul says in verse 7, chapter 9, every man. 100% participation. You know what we do? Ah, somebody else will get it. A $5,000 person, he'll cover my five bucks. Not the point. Not the point. Every man, from kids to senior adults living on fixed income, not because you have to, but because you get to. Not out of necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Why am I cheerful? Because people in Belize get to hear about Jesus Christ. Because people in Vancouver get to hear about Jesus Christ. Because people in, in the Dominican Republic get to hear about Jesus Christ. Because of people in Mexico, the world gets to hear about Christ. Man, that's exciting. And I want to be cheerful. I want to be ready to give. And have an opportunity to make them their savior because of maybe my five bucks that I gave. The key here is faith. Putting your faith into practice. Let me say this again. Proving the sincerity of your love. As we finish, I want to be extremely pointed. What do we love more? What do we love more? People in Belize hearing the gospel or ourselves? What do we love more? People in the world who need Jesus or my hobbies and my interests? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21 says this, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Please don't misunderstand me. This is not a guilt trip. I could quite frankly care less personally if any of you ever give any more to missions. It's not a guilt trip, but this is a genuine question between you and the Lord, a question you need to ask yourself. That I need to ask myself. This is not a ploy to give, get you to give the church more money. This is a convicting question we all must ask. Do I love seeing people get the gospel? Or do I love my own hobbies, interests, myself? Do I want to be a part of going into all the world and preaching the gospel? Or do I want to lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt? And where thieves break through and steal. Let me ask you this question. What do we have? What do we have? What can we give? We all have something. 
Like the church at Corinth, we are being challenged today, every single person in this place, to do something to help people around the world know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Every person. We here at Bible Baptist Church, we have a missions program to which we have several missionaries. We take the money that this group of people give and we disperse it to the missionaries because they have need. And when a big need arises, guess what? Those missionaries write us and we try to fulfill that need as best we can. That's the heartbeat of Bible Baptist Church. And yes, today it's foreign missions. Next week, we're going to talk about home missions. And most of the time we spend is home mission because we're here. But I want to challenge you today, as Paul did to the church at Corinth, do something to give to the mission of everyone hearing about Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all you do for us. Father, what a privilege it is to study your word. I pray that you would help us to see the deep need the world around us that needs to know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And one of the ways that we can help is giving financially. Father, I pray it never stops at financial giving. I think that's just the tip of the iceberg, but Father, that we would get involved with our time and other resources. Maybe we're really good at something that would help a missionary. Father, I know there's a medical team that helps missionaries. That's awesome, wonderful. We need people like that. Father, would you help us, each and every one of us, to make a decision today to give toward missions. Father, if there's one person here that doesn't know you, they don't even know what you did for them. You don't even know the mission that you were on. I pray that today they would know that. Father, we'll give you the praise and honor and glory for it. Pray all these things in Jesus' name.